Hello and welcome to episode 177 of the Tech Reformation, where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity. This week, it's Craig, Tank, and myself, David. Let's get started. Anyway, now I am not trying to run a Windows VM, a Linux VM, and After Effects while recording. So we should be good. Just now recording. That's crazy. You've been in here for like 12 minutes. Craig, are you recording? Exactly. I am now. 8.50. We don't, we don't get all the gold at the beginning like you guys do on vlogging. We, True. We just, we just get the, the dross. We don't really the get the gold in the beginning or the gold in the middle or the gold in the end. Well, we just get. I wasn't going to break. I wasn't going to say that to your face, but I was trying to be nice. <laughs> it's kind of our branding <laughs> thing, though. <laughs> yeah. If you want gold, look elsewhere. This is uh, dross. This is the copper only podcast. You'll copper never take only. me alive, copper. <laughs> That's an American <laughs> reference. Do you guys have movies <laughs> in Australia? <laughs> man, yeah, man, we are tech savvy. We have the world's biggest battery, built by Elon Musk. Wait, what? Just saying. What do you mean? We have the world's biggest battery. I think. <clears throat> What's it? Uh, it's What's in it the powering? state that I live in, in South Australia. Um, and it's way out in the desert somewhere. And it just looks like this really futuristic. World's biggest lithium-ion battery built by tech billionaire Elon Musk's company Tesla last year has survived its first summer in Australia's mid-north. South Australia's mid-north. That's, that was April this year that the article came out. That's fracking crazy. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. It's just these huge white monolithic rectangles that just stack up one after that. They look like big server boxes. Um, and he said, I think he said he built it in 100 days or else it was free for the government. Oh, I remember this. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, he did it. He built it and it works. So... <sighs> That Elon guy. Musk occasionally does cool things that actually work. <laughs> he does a lot of cool things that actually works. That actually work. I think it's because of the marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of cool things that actually work, we are in a, uh, a tech drought. I listened to, uh, I think I've mentioned this on here, the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast. It's a daily podcast of like 15-minute bits in tech. And... Uh, there's not a lot to talk about in the field of tech. Uh, it feels like I think from like mid June until like late August, tech just kind of slows down. Well, everyone needs a break sometimes. It's mm-hmm. true. It's true. So Even we're just not going to do the rest of this episode. <laughs> Everybody go home. We're on holidays. See ya. Go <laughs> no, but uh, I was listening sure to. Many people uh, are going. What's that? So I'm sure many are going home right now. That's true. That's true. As you requested them to do. Um, no, I listen to a show called... I don't listen to this uh, every time, but uh, there's a show called Upgrade with Mike Hurley and Jason Snell. Uh, and they, recognizing this problem, do what they call the summer of fun, fun, fun. Uh, and they just pick fun topics. Uh, so I thought we could do a fun topic uh, <laughs> inspired by Upgrade on Relay FM. And my idea for a fun topic was to talk about the craziest ideas that we have 
about where we think tech is going in the not too distant future. So by not too distant future, I I mean not like Star Trek 23rd century crazy out there like oh well in the 23rd century we'll all be you know living on the moon and and flying hover cars i mean like maybe the next decade or so like if you have something for 20 years from now i'm not gonna i'm not gonna frown on that but we're talking like not too distant within our lifetime uh within our lifetime future where do we think we will see tech head what are some interesting things so i thought we could each bring one maybe two of these things and uh we could bring them up, maybe defend them a little bit and, uh, and discuss them. Does that sound like a fun summer topic? I'm all up for summer fun. fun. I sadly did not read the slack and so I'm coming unprepared, but I have at least one. So (laughs) great. Craig posted a cheap link in the slack, which I have not read because PS it's, it's winter here. (laughs) What? Nice. P.S. It's winter here. That's not possible. <laughs> what do you guys have? Like <laughs> That's a different the moon? whole other side of the world thing, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> you guys are on the the upside yeah. down. Um, yep. It's always winter We're in there. The upside down. Yeah, and it's always in, kind of echoey, and there's water drip sounds happening all over the and place, and weird little flakes of something. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming out. I, wait, wait. This is the last yeah, show July. before that July. comes out. Oh, I'm so excited. The last show before what comes out. Uh, Stranger, Stranger Things season, season three. 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 Oh, really? That's going to be a summer coming fun. out. It takes a year. Oh, has this one wow. been two years? It's been a long time. Uh, the last one came out a year and a half ago, I think. Yeah, so long. So who would like to kick off this summer of fun, fun, fun? <laughs> I wonder if anybody will think that you're adding that as an audio effect. I am with my voice. Yeah, yeah, but via computer. <laughs> I am. <laughs> With my voice. <laughs> With my voice computer. I'm getting off. I'm done. <laughs> I have one. Well, that's great. And I think it's, yeah, well, it is quite good. Um, this came up on <laughs> that link that you mentioned, high. David, which I, I've never really been to this website before, but my first impression of it was, that it is like a lifestyle blog mixed with maybe a conspiracy theory site. Like some of the stuff they mentioned on, well, some of the stuff they mentioned on here is like, really, do you really think that's going to happen? Because the the article was titled "The Thirty Craziest Predictions About the Future That Experts Say Are Going to Happen." What um, even is this? The, the subtitle is "Fire Up Your Space Engines." I don't know. It's best <laughs> life. That's what I mean. With dead relatives via virtual reality. <laughs> Number one. Hey. Hey, don't spoil them all. I'm not going to spoil um, them all. I just figured hopefully nobody's going to take that one. Uh, I wasn't going to take that one. Uh, I also wasn't going to take your kitchen will restock itself, which is number two. Although um, that would be kind of handy because it would just save lots of trips to I wonder, the grocery store. I wonder if the if the setting for the conversation in number one is uh, the moon of Endor. Mm. <laughs> nice. Anyway, uh, so. I looked actually down this list and some of them I just kind of chuckled at and some I just ignored because they weren't even tech related. There was one at number five, which reminded me of a topic we talked about a little while ago. I think we were talking about it in relation to uh, people who couldn't speak or couldn't communicate um, in other ways, like, you know, uh, people with certain impairments and stuff. Um, And it was the idea of being able to communicate 
with brainwaves, basically. Uh, and so the number five thing on this list of the craziest things that might actually happen or the experts say will happen um, is that we will be communicating with our thoughts. And I think at the time we were like, we were saying, you know, there's, it's kind of like we're able to action things with thoughts, but then there's a fair bit of processing that still needs to happen some other way. And, and it comes out as text or audio or uh, something, something like that. So that's, I guess that's kind of where we found that it was up to now. Um, but just knowing that we've got, I guess, the, the initial input side of things down fairly well, or, or at least we're getting there in terms of that sort of information processing, sending a signal from the brain that means something without uh, traditional speech or or, um, or so, typing or something like that. Uh, I guess it, it, it just seems like maybe it's feasible that we could get to the point where we get to the same thing happening on the other end. It still seems like a long way off, but, and it seems like it's just a, one of those crazy, like telepathy, like as if that would ever really happen. Um, but I kind of feel like some people are crazy enough that when we sort of get a little way along the road on something, they just, they just keep going and don't take no for an answer. And that's probably when some of the best inventions happen, actually. Um, I'm not saying that's what this would be, but I guess I'm just saying I, now that we're partway along the road, I guess it wouldn't entirely surprise me if somehow they, they kind of got somewhere close to this in the future. So what's the what's the use case here? How are you thinking? You should describe this scenario. You you want to communicate with me or somebody well, that you know locally, or yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it could be it could be that. Like, it could be contacting someone out of the blue. Like, hey, David, want to go get an ice cream? Um, and then <laughs> and then you uh, respond to that without either of us saying a word. It could be, um, I, I guess I'm thinking more so, you'd, you'd have to have some way of, of it being selective, I think, and that would probably be part of the problem. Like, one of the things it talks about is, you know, we wouldn't want everyone knowing our thoughts all the time, which is is what we sort of talked about in our episode on this. Uh, but I'm thinking, you know, if you were having a conversation and someone else was in the room and you wanted to tell them something without telling the person that you're talking to something, if you could just communicate with that person with your mind, um, or if you were, you know, maybe in your self-driving car and you are uh, on the phone to someone and you don't want to say to your car, hey, I actually changed my mind. I want to go here instead of there. Um, and not having to actually say that, but being able to th- like send that remotely to or somehow like without speaking it um, to your self-driving car's uh, input, uh, which then would make that change without, yeah, without sort of traditional voice input and stuff. I don't know. I guess there's ca- use cases like that. I'm sure there's more serious use cases, which might be more important. But I was just sort of starting to think, when would it, when would there be situations where you wanted to tell someone something without having to say it out loud? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're in the movie theater and you don't want to, you're with someone, you don't want them to think you've just up and left, but you're going to the toilet. So you just, you know, tell them in, in their brain, <laughs> I'll be back in a minute. And you don't have to say anything in the movie. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I don't know. I pushed back on this when the when the or when we first discussed that article. I don't remember what episode it was, but we'll try to link it in the show notes. I pushed back on it because I just we don't even know at this point if the thoughts that we have in our head are even in a language that can computers could ever understand. Like we I, I do think that it's very reasonable to think that you could have some sort of like an implant in some part of your body that you could like flex or something where like you would be essentially triggering triggering uh neurons 
that would tell some device something. Uh, so whether that's like um, simple yes, no authentication or not authentication, but like the, the ability to pass Booleans to an interface without having to do anything. Um, we could get to places like that, but I just don't see the whole like some computer is able to interface with your brain on a linguistic level, like, like a full blown mm-hmm. you think words and it interprets them level some people Mm. might get really good at flexing morse code and then well yeah i mean you can get it we we do stuff like that with like you know the iphone keyboard people who can type without uh without um what am i saying without looking at their phone like what if all 10 of your fingers were were monitored like the neurons to all 10 of your fingers were monitored and you were able to Mm. actually type without needing a keyboard that seems very feasible. That'd be a funny world. In the future, everyone's walking around just moving their fingers. <laughs> yeah, like this. <laughs> Jazz hands. Why did you just say... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes sense, though. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know how realistic this is, uh, and I don't think it's at all close. I just, I guess I was just thinking... You know, maybe I said, like I said, maybe a possibility sometime in the future. So would um, you use it? But it's a long way off. Uh, would I use it? That's a that's a very good question. Uh, I think I would try it out. I don't know if I'd use it like daily. I don't. I, don't, I, I guess at this point, I don't have a use case for it where I'm like, oh, I really need that thing. Mm. <laughs> I'm just thinking maybe this is something that they could one day figure out how to do. Um. And I, I don't even know if it would be, I don't even know if they could ever get it to the point of being able to read every, every single thought you have. I think, like you said, David, it would probably be more likely to be like some kind of, um, you know, implant system or something where you can, there are certain commands that are recognizable uh, right. rather than every single word, every single thought that you have gets somehow transmitted out to something else or someone else. That's probably, that's probably never going to happen. Let's be honest. <laughs> Another thing worth noting, I think, you know, before we get there, we could also have glasses that monitor your eyes and you're able to navigate the interface by looking at a Mm. thing and blinking, that sort of thing, which could actually be pretty powerful, especially as uh, AI starts to be more predictive about, you know, like you're on your way home and you activate send a text and you send three texts typically when you're on your way home. So it presents those as options and you don't have to like type with your eyeballs. Mm hmm. Anyway, uh, tank. Yeah, so I'm going to go the VR route. Um, I'm actually slightly VR drunk right now. I don't know if you've heard of that before. Have you all heard of VR drunk? Uh, Nope. No? No? Okay. Um, Is that like Synthahol? Star Trek reference. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yes. We'll say yes. Jim understood. What is Star Trek? (laughs) Baby, don't hurt me. Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I was at a friend's house today and uh, he has a newer version of the Oculus Rift and uh, played for the first time for about an hour, maybe an hour and a half, way longer than I wanted to. He kept saying, now try this one. Now try this one. (laughs) I was like, I'm, I'm done. No, no, no. Just keep going. And so after I got out, I was (laughs) like, pressure tank. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) This may be like the one time I get to try it, so it was worth it. But mm. 
my eyes were like hurting my head kind of dizzy. And then I drove home. I was like, I don't know if this is the best idea, but <laughs> I'm still feeling the effects. Just a little, like, it feels like I worked hard today and all I did was play a game. <laughs> okay. I did other stuff than that today, but that was the most exhausting part of it. Um, but anyway, he was telling me about the Oculus quest and it is, uh, their newest version, um, for $400 all you get, the whole setup and it doesn't, it's not attached to any computer. And so they're at the point where you can play these games. They're mainly oh, yeah. games, um, with, without actually being hooked up to a computer, like, like a lot of them are, um, right now. Um, and for $400, that's really not that bad. That's pricey. Not just everybody's going to go out and get it if they want to play a game, but that's not a huge amount. Um, and so anyway, I think we're really close um, within 10 years, probably 10 to 20 before it gets amazing, perhaps. But I think we're close to it being commonplace for everybody to have VR. Um, and it uh, just do you think you'll like, be able to communicate with dead people on it? Like the first point in the article <laughs> that I linked? Um, maybe you could communicate with like dead people in the sense of like now learn from Benjamin Franklin about how, yeah. he, <laughs> how and that would be the, the only way that we would recommend communicating with dead people and if I they are animated pre-programmed dead people <laughs> and I also would not recommend uh, communicating with Ben Franklin yeah no. <laughs> but the kite thing there is the kite the, thing the hundred dollar yeah. bill <laughs> um but yeah, I think I think pretty soon it's going to be something that we see pretty much everywhere and it's going to be fairly normal for people to have. Maybe not like not like cell phones um, mm. unless unless they get them to the point of like glasses like you were talking about David. Um but and I know you weren't so talking about like, VR, but right. So kind of like but, uh yeah. maybe people have an Xbox, people have a VR headset. Well, maybe like that, but I mean there's many more uses for vr than just games so i would say i would say kind of like people have a laptop people have a have a headset Hmm. what are the that far within the 10 to 20 years what are the uses outside of making games for a vr headset besides games Hmm. um well i mean you look at this right now we're in a, a 2d world but i bet pretty i mean we're talking to each other through our laptops of course i'm not a 2d person um <laughs> but none of you have seen me in real life so are we sure turn sideways um, your depth of field makes it kind of look like you are the <laughs> <laughs> um oh he just turned I mean, sideways and he's a plane that's why i can't see him with o- only with windows with only windows no it's a bird um, no it's superman i'm glad you found my true identity Anyway, so of course, I mean, we could have interactions in in virtual reality, and I know hmm. not everybody's like aching for that, um, but I think that would be a really simple one that everyone would think would be cool. Um, and so, meetings, uh, going out and inspecting places, real life places um, from afar, and being able to actually like walk around and point to things. Um, and I mean, one of the, one of the issues with those, well, you one might say you need a full room, but you can still have a controller um, that allows you to move, so you're not like walking around and bumping into walls, or you need a huge field or something. Hmm. Um, so there's that. Um, but I don't know. I think I think once it becomes 
readily available to gamers. I think gamers will be the first that yeah. take it. But once they start getting in and lowering the price, people are going to pr- pretty quickly see like, oh, we could use it for this. We could use it for this. And then it's going to become much more practical and not just um, not just for games. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the use cases that come up because, I mean, I've I've thought a bit about it. I've thought about getting involved in VR because I do 3D, I do video. Um, it feels like the level of immersiveness, and maybe you can talk a little bit about this, but the level of immersiveness really, really lends itself to games because, Mm. uh, most people I've heard who've tried it say that it's very easy to very quickly forget that you are playing a game that like, you're not just in that Mm. environment, uh, much easier than, than Mm. if you're, you know, using an Xbox controller or whatever. Um, and so like I can see the idea of like oh if I'm if I'm looking for a house it would be great to have a virtual reality headset so I can do virtual walkthroughs of houses that have done the whole 3D scan thing. And that would be great, but if that's mm. all I'm going to use it for, you know, if I don't have a lot more use cases, I would just as soon rent it or go to a place that has the headsets readily available to, you know, uh on a kind of like an internet uh cafe, that sort of thing. Mm. Um but I do think you're you're totally right that it's it's going to become more and more popular. Mm. I mean, I think we can, you can rethink the, the laptop interface, you know, of course, if we're, hmm. it's, it's that conversation we had a few weeks ago about the, the cars that just look like carriages without horses, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. right now we're still thinking in a windows or whatever, uh, mindset, whenever you, whenever you put it on and you're picking a game, like you're looking at a window and you scroll through it with the controller and it's just like we're looking at windows but um through a vr world and there's pretty background behind it that i can look around at but as we kind of as it kind of shifts and there's things made more for vr and we get better at that like you can just do away with laptops and put it in a vr experience that may be more user friendly even more quicker to use especially if you get mind reading plugged in there and then you can just <laughs> be kind of watching around and just thinking like okay i want this and it pulls it up in your eyes and now i want this <laughs> but, so you're navigating your file system in 3d and the little girl yells out i know this it's unix <laughs> <laughs> um david what was yours okay so mine mine is probably less interesting than your guys you guys are, are reaching well, VR is not reaching, but you guys are reaching for interesting and and uh, crazy things. My crazy thing that I've been thinking is very likely to happen in the next decade is we will get to a place where because of uh, a confluence of things coming together uh, at the same time, the idea of recording... Uh, video or pictures or audio we're going to get to a place where uh, everything is pretty much resolution and quality uh, like you don't have to think about that like like Hmm. people don't don't have to think about like how many megapixels their camera is or how many like that's just not a concern because we're going to get to a place where sensors have become so high high density and high quality and we're also going to on the other side of that i've been playing around with uh some uh applications from topaz uh and topaz used to be kind of a joke in the uh image editing space uh but they do uh they they do stuff like photoshop basically um but very targeted like here's a sharpening tool or here's a uh 
here's a, an interpolation tool or whatever. Uh, and they've been experimenting with AI and it's getting scary good. Um, <laughs> it's not, it's not perfect, but when you see the, you see the stuff on, on TV and movies where they say zoom in, enhance, um, we're getting to a place where oh, yeah. more and more of that is believable. Obviously there are still <laughs> ludicrous, ridiculous examples, but, but I think <laughs> one of the things that happens is as we get, when you start at say 640 by 480 and you're trying to get more detail out of it, there's a lot less detail that you can obviously get out of it. But when you start at something like 1080p and you try to interpolate based off of that, the how much higher you can go seems to grow exponentially. So from 640 by 480, you might only be able to interpolate that by 20% while still maintaining the the idea that somebody would look at it and not think, oh, well, you just interpolated this in Photoshop or whatever. Uh, but if you start mm-hmm. shooting something at 1080p uh, and you interpolate it up to double at 4K, generally speaking, people aren't going to look at that and say, oh, you you totally interpolated this up. Like, And when you throw in something like Topaz, I think they call it Gigapixel AI, um, and you interpolate it out to 4K, uh, there are some things that it's not good at, just like with, with all machine learning algorithms. You know, you, sh- you show it... Uh, all parrots and it gets really good at parrots and then you show it a cracker and it's like here here's the, your cracker at, at, at 8k and it has a beak um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that in the next decade it's very feasible that between the AI and we're going to get to the point where we're all shooting at something that's higher than 12 megapixels uh, you're essentially going to be able to have these pictures where if you need to zoom in on them at like you know 500% and read a license plate that's going to be tenable. Uh, and I think we're mm-hmm. also going to trend that way in terms of dynamic range as well. So if you need to brighten or darken your image by as much as, you know, like 10 full stops, uh, which is a crazy amount, if you like, that's, yeah. that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you need to do that on a photo that you shot on your iPhone and interpolate it, like I think we're, we're going to get to that place where, yeah, there are limitations, but practically speaking, the only people who run into them are law enforcement who are trying to read the license plate on a cab 15 blocks down on a shot at, you know, <laughs> eight, uh, 28 millimeters. Um, I think we could very easily be there in the next decade. I think we could be there in the next three years, to be honest with you. Well, uh, even looking at, with, like you mentioned, Topaz, even looking at where their stuff is up to now in terms of their sort of product shots or like what they're claiming they can do with their software. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I, I think I've heard of Topaz, but I haven't looked at it for a long time. And I was just looking at what they're like, their before and after shots. And I'm like, dang, that's like, that's yeah. really impressive. Yeah. They were always like 10% ahead of Photoshop on interpolation. And just recently, yeah. they just like, quadrupled their efforts with this ai thing and i think it's actually but it's in like it's in like every area like noise reduction yeah uh image enhancement clarity uh just you know general yeah hdr stuff like they, it's crazy they have a djpeg tool uh mm-hmm. that is just supposed to remove jpeg artifacts that's really really good uh mm. Yeah, and and I think a lot of this stuff is actually open source. Uh, like, not that Topaz has open sourced it, but they're working from something that you can download as a Python library on GitHub. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's only a matter of time until Photoshop, you know, Adobe jumps in there and and makes it even better because of their money. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, less usable, but more powerful. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing here is, too, when you use these Topaz things, like... Uh, 
your computer will churn because it's it's doing actual like you know that it's not just like oh it's by cubic interpolation with a sharpening filter uh it is mm-hmm. actually doing like real machine learning stuff uh using your gpu and i think that gpus are just going to keep getting faster and faster uh and mm-hmm. and we're going to start building dedicated hardware for those sorts of things. You're going to see CPUs that have CPUs and GPUs that are like this is really really good for photo editing or this one is really really good. Like you're going to see this targeting because we're not able to get faster on everything like CPUs did through Moore's law for decades. We're going to be really good at getting getting faster at very targeted things you're going to see. Uh like Apple has the uh that with the Mac Pro they just released the Afterburner uh which is specifically for uh well, it's programmed right now for processing 8K video streams, but it could be programmed for doing video. It could be programmed for doing AI. Anyway, I think that world's going to be a lot different in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Tank, that brings us back to you. No, that brings us back All to right. you. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Did I start? I did to too. Me, you did start. <laughs> I started. Okay. It's all a long time ago now. Um, okay. My next one is really not very important, but I thought it was a cool idea. Um, and uh, David's going to hate this because I already mentioned it in the Slack. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, right. Whatever. That's not good. You know, not feasible. Um, but they were talking about a windowless plane, which sounds Wait, a crazier. Plane? Yeah. It sounds, sounds crazier than it is. Uh, so it doesn't actually have any windows, but it looks like it has nothing but windows. Uh, and and the way that they're talking about doing that, <laughs> David just did the head exploding action. Uh, the way that they're talking about doing that is, I think, having screens pretty much everywhere you can look within the plane. So, I mean, above you, you'd still have your air conditioning controls and a reading light because everyone wants that. But uh, sort of to the, <laughs> like on both sides of the plane and on the, um, back of the seat in front of you and stuff like that, uh, you would have essentially video that's being live streamed from outside of the plane in that direction. So mm. all the way down the right-hand side of the plane, you've got all the clouds and landscape and whatever that you're flying past. And then on the seat back in front of you, you've got uh, what the pilot is basically seeing out the front of the plane uh, and stuff like that. And so when you sort of look up at, above the um, Above the overhead compartments, there's another strip of video. Uh, so basically, yeah, everything that they can put video on that that isn't maybe super functional and doesn't have to be a, a moving part or something, um, yeah, would have video screens. And I just think that would be really interesting experience. I think, you know, it would be fun to tell people that uh, to not tell people that they're going on one of these flights <laughs> and then just to st- stick the plane up in the air and see how much chaos ensues. I'm sure they would never do that because there'd be people who just actually yeah. freak out and go nuts and mm-hmm. that would be really dangerous. But um, I think it would be a fun experience. I'd be interested to try it at least mm-hmm. once that on a cool. short flight, on a, you know, an hour or two hours or something, just to a d- domestic flight to kind of see what it feels like mm-hmm. and how realistic it is and stuff. I, thought I don't know. What do you guys think? I thought all your flights were or... foreign. What was that? <laughs> I thought all your flights were foreign. <laughs> no. Because you're out of country. We have, never... s- we have states. <laughs> I can go into state. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just mean they're all... These states. Yeah, they're all foreign to me. We're <laughs> <laughs> all international flights. Um, so <laughs> on the on the Oculus Rift that I was using just today, um, one cool thing it did was you put on the glasses and when you're on the or the headset when you're on the home page like selecting which game you can see everyone around you 
So like I could see my two friends that were in the room walking around mm-hmm. and looking at me because it, it was basically doing that. Like I'm looking at a, a screen, but it has front yep. camera yep. that's recording them and shooting it back at me. And so seeing that, I mean, having just seen that today, I can imagine it for a plane and that seems cool at all. Um, one downside is, and it probably <laughs> wouldn't be a problem, but I'm just thinking, you know, if you get on a plane and it's all dark and you're like, oh, I wonder what it looks like outside the window and you open the window and then you're <laughs> blind, it's just pure light. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm imagining everybody will be blind the whole time, but more likely if, if they never dim the plane and close all the windows, then your eyes will be adjusted the whole time. <laughs> well, if it's all screens, you can just, you know, the, the screens yeah, can be just, dimmed. There are no windows, just screens. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. I would like to live in a world with no windows. <laughs> <clears throat> he, he says running windows on his computer right now. No, I'm not. <laughs> I thought you said you had to reboot your windows machine earlier. No, no. I shut down my windows VM. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I don't hate this. Like I, like, I don't think that it's impossible, but I, I just don't understand. Like, <laughs> I mean, this is coming from somebody who doesn't like heights, but I, I just, hmm. first of all, the first question that occurs to me is parallax. Like as you're walking to the restroom, won't it be weird that like your perspective, the perspective that you have on that cloud is not changing as you're walking. I guess everything's far enough away when you're actually in the air and above the clouds to where you brain wouldn't necessarily be expecting parallax anyway. But yeah. during takeoff and landing, like that's got to be really disorienting. And then I just can't imagine wanting to look well, you, down. You and shouldn't be, be walking to the toilet during takeoff and landing, David. That's fair. Well, but even I mean, moving your head around. Uh, I just why? Uh, I don't know. For all those people who grew up playing flight simulator games and and wanted to take it to the next level, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I want totally, to actually see what it's like to fly. I'm not denying that there's a market for this. I'm sure there's people who would love it. It just seems. It doesn't seem popular enough to be viable, but I guess that's just me saying, well, I don't want it. Why would anyone else want it? Which <laughs> yeah, isn't I a good know. I don't know. It's probably not commercially viable. I'm sure if it happens, it'll probably be Virgin or someone like that who who takes the plunge and goes this way. Wasn't it them who, mm-hmm. who invented that thing where you can go up and far enough to see the curvature of the earth and then come back down? Or is that that's Red Bull, right? No, Red, Red Bull, Bull gives you wings. Thing. Thanks, David. I have no idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was helpful. <laughs> um, do you think? Do you think it's realistic that if they were to have screens on the outside of the plane and feed what's behind the plane, <laughs> would it would it give you um, invisibility, cloaking? Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say if they have screens on the outside showing what's happening on the inside, so people at the airport as a plane's pulling in can just see <laughs> see all the people who. Are, you have thrown up everywhere because That'd they be were just watching <laughs> a full um, airplane thing without any, you know, seeing what was happening on the outside. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I mean, surely not. Surely you're going to see somewhere where the screens connect together or something, you know, like I would be I would be surprised if they could get it to the level where you could make something <laughs> disappear by shooting video back on it. <laughs> but who knows? They did that on uh, Mission Impossible. I don't remember which one. But it was actually well. Like, then it must be real. <laughs> it was surprisingly realistic how they did it. Like there were a lot of yeah. very nuanced subtleties of like somebody like got in front of the camera and their whole face was projected, and like instead of seeing the the wall, you saw this heavily distorted face. 
Yeah, but David, the movie has impossible in the name. It's not, you know. Unlike there's other gotta movies, be some things in there that are- <laughs> which you can totally believe. <laughs> this one is impossible. Guys. Yes, that's right. If they don't have impossible in the title, then everything is real. The uh, like Gilligan's <laughs> Island, totally real. Those poor, poor people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is getting silly. Lucky it's a summer fun episode. Summer fun. What's Very next fun. up for you, Tank? Um, so I don't have too much specifics. I guess I could guess, but I think that many more jobs will be replaced or at least many many stores will be completely not managed by people and mm-hmm. so i've heard like vending uh not vending vending machines will be not managed anymore <laughs> miracle of the future <laughs> uh, convenience stores um i think in japan there is one um i remember hearing about it or at least they're getting there um that some of the places called Lawson that they're moving towards um no um, no people in the whole convenience store and you can just buy stuff and leave, which Japan, I don't know the security, but people don't commit crime in Japan. So it's okay. Um, <laughs> is this and, really a throwback to episode two tank on automation? <laughs> Maybe so. I have no idea what episode two is about. <laughs> was it about you, well, canceling it was, jobs? The, the title was automation and you were there. Uh-huh. I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. We talked about robots taking people's jobs and stuff like that. Or yeah, not taking people's jobs. Yep, it'll be that. Uh, whatever <laughs> we talked about there, I think that's all going to happen in the next 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, but grocery stores, restaurants, I think there will yeah. be many places that um, if, if there is somebody, it's just like one person um, or but many much much more things and they may not be like big stores you know like red box kind of replaced movie rental stores um by a machine mm. uh and so it wasn't a whole movie rental store but i think there will be more things like that that either the stores have no people or we just order everything online and why would anybody go to a store to get that well kind of why would anyone go to a red box to get a movie instead of you just can buying it online get it online <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> I wonder how Redbox is doing. I haven't heard. There's there's one of those things. They're not called Redbox in Australia, but there's one of those at like the um at the shopping center in the area that I live, like the biggest shopping center in our area. And I like actually see people using it sometimes. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like you're actually putting money into a box and getting out a DVD that you can take. <laughs> like like how how does it even? Why? what are we doing here? It's, it's like this DVD rental box thing. I don't know. I don't get it. Just like Netflix is $10 a month. People come on. And I choose like $4 for a movie. Like it's worth think- less. It's worth, it's cheaper to not spend the petrol going and getting and paying the box to give you the movie. When, even if you're just getting a code for a digital movie, you could just do that at home through iTunes and you know, anyway, whatever. I don't understand. I think there's some movies that you can get in Redbox that are harder to find for the same price online. But yeah, when okay. you throw on gas, you're making a good point. <laughs> that reminds me of the XKCD. It's like, you can drive 10 miles and the gas is one cent cheaper over there. <laughs> it's like, how much money are you spending to get over there? Uh, Ooh, if I go to redbox.com, it says access denied. <laughs> that, that's not good. <laughs> is it anyone else getting that? Um, may just because they don't have Redbox in Australia and they know where you're logging in from. I don't know. Yep, that I, seems strange. I don't have but... that. <clears throat> okay. Are you sure you spell it's it right? It's a virus. 
So, Tank, do you think uh, developers developers are going to have their jobs replaced by computers? Yes. In the next 10 years? That ma- mathematical... Wasn't there like a mathematical proof that it can't be done? What? Didn't someone prove that you can't like have code write code or something? Code write code. Code know. writes code all the time. What was the... What am I thinking of then? That I don't know. At all? <laughs> okay. I'm sure some listener knows what I'm talking about, but they like proved you can't <laughs> replace developers with AI, but mm. maybe don't worry. I'm insane. Maybe I'm don't insane. Don't worry. David Latcher will answer for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I'll do my last one here. And that is a really boring one. But I think that in the next 10 years, we're probably going to be largely electric cars. I'm going to say 80 plus percent of vehicles on the road in the next... Did I say 20? You said 10. Okay, I'm going to go with 20 on this one. In the next so full years, electric, not not hybrid electric, but full electric, like plug in charge overnight, full electric. electric. Okay. And I say this because England has pretty much mandated that all cars. I think it's all cars by twenty twenty five. All cars produced in the UK be electronic or be electric. Uh, huh. And that's a obviously a massive thing, and who knows whether it will actually hold up. But the, you know, for car manufacturers making cars for, for England, like they're, they don't want to split out, you know, they, they don't want to have to if def their, their car manufacturing process. If British make electric, if American or Australian make, make gas. Uh, so I think that a lot of car manufacturers are just going to decide that, okay, I guess now's the time to do this. Um, I don't think that it actually solves at this point any of the environmental problems that people think it will. Uh, because uh, I actually just saw an article about how they seem to put out just as many emissions if they're in places that are not powered by clean energy, uh, because, you know, the energy has got to come from somewhere. But I think that, uh, I think in general that, that that's where we're going to be. I, I don't think that we'll have full autonomous uh, self-driving cars in the next 20 years. Maybe, but I, I'd be surprised. But I do think they'll be electric. Interesting. I've seen a few places around Adelaide and the surrounds where there are charging stations already for electric cars, mm. um, shopping center car parks on this, like next to uh, reserves, parks, and things like that uh, in sort of tourist areas and whatnot. And I've never actually, oh, no, I lie. I think I've seen a couple in underground car parks being used once or twice. But they're still a really new thing here and no one has them. Hmm. So I guess I I can see it going that way, but I'll be interested in the time frame here because certainly, I don't know, it's probably a little bit like America. I don't know what England is like. It's probably a little bit different, but Australia has a real sort of car culture, or we have had at least in the past. Hmm. Like a lot of Australian blokes, there's like a stereotype of Australian blokes like in big muscle cars and stuff like that, <laughs> which I think is probably also... Happens in America. Oh yeah, all our sort of like muscle cars. Every bloke. <laughs> well, that's a generalization that came from David, not me. Uh, but uh, I, I mean, you, you know, England must have similar. We've got Top Gear out of England, so there must be people over there who who like their petrol powered things, petrol heads. That's what you call those people. Um, but you know, I don't know. I guess if they can make electric cars that people don't 
the first thing people think about them isn't, hey, this is an electric car. You know what I mean? Like mm. if they can mainstream the technology enough to the point where it actually doesn't make a difference and it doesn't mean the car has to look a certain way. It doesn't mean the car even has to drive a certain way. Because I know, you know, even in at the moment, it, they've got uh, the technology where the engine, have you guys driven in a relatively new cars where the engine cuts out at the lights and then it starts up again and you hit the accelerator? No. Hmm. I've heard of that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It just does this tiny little shutter as the as the engine kicks back into gear, but it's like shutting down to conserve power and hmm. fuel or whatever whatever it's doing, something good for the environment. Um, <laughs> and I just think like it's a, it's such a split, like it's a, it's a small thing that when you hit the accelerator, it kind of comes back on and then goes off. But I just think for something like that to become like entirely mainstream. I mean, government mandated is, is the way that would happen, obviously, right. like you've said in the UK, but it just seems, it seems like you, you would want, before it gets to that stage, you'd want that technology to be made so seamless that people don't necessarily feel like, oh, I have to go out and get this shonky electric car that I don't really want that in five years time is the battery is going to die and then it's going to cost half the price of the car to replace the battery. And you know, <laughs> however that stuff all, all works. Um, I guess if, if, Maybe twenty years sounds like a more realistic time frame to me to, for them to sort all of those sort of problems of what is currently a relatively new and rare thing out. Yeah, batteries are definitely the the hardest thing for this, um, but there are a few te- a few technology companies working on that who have shown some some positive results. I think there was one mm-hmm. breakthrough where they managed to increase the the holding the capacity of a lithium ion battery by a greater percentage than it had been in the last decade. Uh, so mm-hmm. not like, you know, quadruple or anything like that, but a, a significant breakthrough. Um, and when you're working at the scale that's in these cars, that's obviously a pretty big deal. Um, Does anyone know if driving an electric car re- recharges the battery at all, or does it just drain the battery? I think they... I think they do charge based off, you know, when you're going down a hill or whatever. Mm, yeah, yeah okay. I've heard of that. Yeah. Well, something to keep an eye on, I guess. Yeah, I for that one am excited. I mean, I'm, I've never been a car guy, uh, and so that means, I mean, as a, as a tech person, I'm used to knowing what's going on. You know, when my computer's doing something funny, I know exactly what part or what what program is is going wrong. But when the car does something funny, I'm just like, oh crap, the magic black box isn't working, and I have to take it to somebody who wants money. And who will uh, use words that I don't understand and try to rip me off. And, you know, if you have a, if you have a mechanic you trust, which we do, it's not as big a deal. Uh, but I don't like black boxes in my life. And electric cars are much less of a black box because there's the battery, there's the mm-hmm. motor, and there's the software. And I can take care mm-hmm. of the software. Uh, I just need somebody to take care of the battery and the motor. And I'm pretty sure that based on the car's behavior, I can figure out which one is wrong. <laughs> uh I can see you driving a smart car, David. I don't know why. <laughs> I just can. <laughs> you, <laughs> I might be a little tall for that. Um, <laughs> well, I've never seen you in real life. Remember, you're fair, you're, you're 2D to me. <laughs> you're 2D to me. <laughs> um, Episode title. But yeah, so I'm actually hoping our next car will be a will be a, a electric because I very much would like to live in a world where I understand what goes on under the hood. Actually, it's not it's not under the hood. There's empty space under the hood. I what goes on <laughs> underneath the uh underneath the car. 
Plus, David would be David would like to be able to reset his Windows VM through his car dashboard. So, (laughs) by flexing Morse code through your muscle. All right. Uh, Does anybody have any last brief crazy statements that you want to make? Like, I'm talking hot take that we can't respond to. Like, I think the paper Bibles are going to be gone and it's all going to be digital, or I don't know something crazy. I don't think that. I'm just saying. Does anybody have anything like that yeah. before we end? Um, nope. Not that I can think of. Tank? Tank, say something crazy. I think the uh, VR dead people is as good as we're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> you mean as good a crazy statement as we're going to get? Not like yes, that's yes. as far as VR is going to go and then it's going to stop? <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's what we've all been building up to of like history as a process building up to a point i think that's the point. <laughs> I, I think maybe within 30 years they will actually try to teleport living people oh, oh. And, and have it go horribly wrong like not be able to assemble them properly on the other end Ooh. we blew him mm. to smithereens but we couldn't put it back together you end up like with two that rikers. Kind of, yeah that kind of deal <laughs> that was the easy part <laughs> i think that uh on the vr note i think the mm. problem we have right now with social media being being a thing that people just spend way too much time on, I think that we are going to have that same problem, but to an even greater degree with VR, that we're going to have a cultural crisis that is caused by people escaping reality by spending hours and hours and hours in VR. So like Ready Player Mm -hmm. One. Yeah, but not quite quite as (laughs) post-apocalyptic. But bordering (laughs) on that. Uh, I think that if if it gets real enough that the like we already have a homeless problem in in the city that i live in where we're actually like the laws regarding like uh no we can't do this we're talking about the hot take that i just gave we can't do this (laughs) anyway that's the the summary is i think that uh yeah john syracuse calls this the holodeck problem he says that in uh in star trek uh the holodeck should have ended civilization um and I, th- I think that uh, the same thing is going to be true for VR. Uh, it's going to just about end civilization hmm. as we know it. Hmm. Well, if you've got a hot take, we have why, don't you t- to. <laughs> why don't you tell us what it is in the Slack this week in the episode discussion channel? And we would love to hear what you think the craziest prediction that you think might actually happen. That was kind of what we were aiming for with our, at least with our first round this week. So if you have any ideas on that, feel free to let us know. Let's chat about it. And if you want to listen to the episodes that we talked about um, and don't want to scroll really far down your podcast catchers list, <laughs> uh, you can also go to our website, techreformation.com, and scroll down that long list. <laughs> you can find our <laughs> other episodes by scrolling down. <laughs> you have to click a button in this case. Though. <laughs> Load more episodes. This has been the Tech Reformation. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week. choice and I ain't looking back